Did You Have To is a proud member of the But Why Though podcast community. Welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where two bad bitches talk about anime. And here are your hosts, Kate and Nisha. Yeah! Nisha's quirk, stress ball. By internalizing her stress about the world being in chaos and crime, she converts that stress into a superpower, becoming a badass. Kate's quirk, waifu warrior. By just watching her favorite shows, she can manifest real or fictional characters into the real thing. They come to life and fight by her side. Not every character does it, though. She has to find the individual really hot. (laughs) Yeah! Hey everyone, welcome back to Did You Have To, the podcast where me and Nisha talk about anime stuff. I'm Kate. And I'm Nisha. And I didn't die in freezing temperatures in Texas. Ooh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Got real close. Real I was real close. scared there for a minute. I'm like, I don't know what to do to help. <laughs> so I you just sent me snacks of all kinds. I mean, at that point, I was trying to figure out, can I send beer through the meal? Through the meal. Wow. Y'all can tell we're recording this late. Uh, through the mail. But I didn't trust the post office. And I was like, I can send Kate a whole box of snacks instead. Honestly, I was real close to like, ooh, there's a Japanese snack crate. I could just send her that. Ma'am! <laughs> I thought essentials were more important. The crate you sent me had Rice Krispie treats and Twizzlers and because Airheads. they're preservatives. And they're <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the pocky sticks would do you much good. They would bring me happiness. This is true. I'll keep this in mind the next time I need to send you a care package of snacks. Don't worry, it's Texas. I'm sure there'll be another time. Uh, <laughs> no, but really, like, that's, like, every night at, like, 10 o'clock, Matt and I go downstairs. Like, it's snacky snack time. And we just grab something from the box and then take it up. So. That's so cute. Yay. <laughs> I'm glad they bring you some kind of function and joy. Oh. <sighs> But what More than the Texas electrical grid, so. Whew. But yeah, also, like, if y'all haven't picked up by now, that is why y'all probably have not heard from us much in the past few weeks. Kate's been trying not to die and get yep. back to normalcy after freezing for a week. Um, yeah, and we I do mean, promise to eventually get back on schedule. That was our goal for 2021, was to stay on schedule. We actually had a plan. I'm blaming, I mean, I blame Texas. That's all I'm I mean, saying. who had a foot of snow in Austin on the 2021 bingo calendar? B- or bingo. Beyond that, who had our entire electrical grid failing? Honestly, I don't know. I didn't think y'all would get that much snow. And then like, I'm always remember. And again, because I'm in Illinois, we are built for like a lot of snow and we have the infrastructures in place to handle like plowing but then like as soon as I thought about I'm like oh god they we don't have, have like, snow plows. plows we have like right. two y'all don't y'all have two that. for your whole place and I'm just like oh no this is real bad this is really really bad yeah. so who so forget but, us but we're getting back on top of things yes. y'all <laughs> and with that uh what's our topic today Nisha blue flag finally <laughs> I'm so excited while throwing her arms into the air <laughs> just so excited uh but yeah so we uh are an unofficial yaoi podcast and that also <laughs> means we're an unofficial shonen eye podcast which is if you don't know it is a genre that y'all need to know about it's cute 
wholesome and all about the romance. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Ike, we covered in our Yaoi 101 episode, Shonen Ai is the same thing in a way. So remember, uh, boys love is the giant umbrella under which Yaoi and Shonen Ai are situated. Uh, Yaoi tends to be more adult and explicit, where Shonen Ai is essentially those cute, wholesome shoujo romances that you usually get, only it's between two male characters. Mm -hmm. So the cool thing about Shonen Ai, in my opinion at least, is that it gives younger readers the chance to read about same-sex relationships and explore them in a way that they wouldn't necessarily be able to in, you know, the Yaoi that we talk about a lot of the time. So, yeah. Good. I feel like everyone needed a refresher because we've we did touch on Shon and I way way back when we did the Yaoi our first Yaoi um Yaoi 101 episode. So I mean I also I usually need a refresher. So Kate is here with the Yaoi and the Shon and I definitions and expertise. PH, PhD in boys love and himbos. Yes. I'd <laughs> love to see it. <laughs> um so I guess let's let's just go ahead and dive into Blue Flag. It's his final year of high school, and Ichinose Taichi is acutely aware of the distance between himself and some of his classmates, his childhood friends with Mita Toma, and Toma has grown so popular that Taichi keeps him at a distance. Then there's Futaba Kuze, a shy and clumsy girl that Taichi does his best to avoid. One day, he discovers that Futaba has a crush on Toma, and she tries to enlist Taichi's help since she's so timid and the two boys have been friends for years. But is it really possible for any of them to get closer to one another? Through the efforts of these three very different high schoolers, they try to change themselves, navigate relationships, and make the most of their last year in high school. It's an adorable love quadrangle in which all of these people figure out their sexualities and like it. So I like Blue Flag for like a number of things. And I think one of them being first and foremost is like, it's messy in a real way. Yes. So like, I feel like when you read shoujo romances, um, like right now I'm reading and reviewing uh, Love Me, Love Me Not. That shit is messy for the sake of mess. It makes no sense. I don't think anybody would really be doing these things. And then when I picked up Blue Flag because you recommended it, I was blown away by not just how wholesome it was, but how the mess felt like common misunderstandings, not the giant manga misunderstandings that you get Mm -hmm. usually in romances. Right. It's very much not like, you know, and we love Toradora here. Love it. But there's like the love, the complicated love lines. I don't even know if you could say love triangles in Toradora. They're they're all over the place. Um, But my point is there's very like how that could be just very simply solved by just someone confessing their feelings and saying, hey, no, I actually like you. (laughs) But instead it turns into this whole big thing and it's all and it's three episodes long and it's a mess. Um, And I love it. I don't care. But like where this one doesn't do that. This one is very I feel like you said it's more grounded. Um, The mess. And like the reasons. Mm -hmm. Sorry. 
Oh, no, the reason that there's that because like you said like i feel like the the trope in a lot of romances and manga even in the shonen romances like it it's about characters refusing to tell each other things but they don't really mm-hmm. have a reason not to tell each other right blue flag there's a very clear reason why toma cannot tell taichi one they're best friends yep. so that's admitting you have a crush on your best friend and two toma's like the jock he's like the top star of the school mm-hmm. and he's surrounded by other boys who are filled with toxic masculinity and wouldn't necessarily understand him if he did that mm-hmm. and then he used the story about like losing his best friend because of the crush but also losing his best friend because of the homophobia that he knows exists in the circles that he's in so like toma mm-hmm. has a reason there's a legit reason friend from afar right there's a legit reason it's not like we're watching this and saying just kiss i'm sorry not watching reading because this is a manga series man so i <laughs> want it to be an anime so oh, bad even just the 12 episodes i would take it, it. it would i be would be fine take, i would take it 12 episodes it's it's right there they could do it i love it so much but yeah no i think you bring up an important point because a lot of people might say like well why doesn't he just confess because he's the captain of the baseball team he's like we said he doesn't have anyone that he has ever confided in except for the one person who can actually like relate to what he's going through her name is masumi she's best friends for futaba she's in love with futaba but futaba's in love with tight with toma but then her and Taishi start dating. So y'all see where the mess begins mm-hmm. and where it starts. But the problem is that Masumi and Toma, they just don't, they're not like confidants with one another. Yeah. Like they're they're truly the only other person that each other could like, you're in love with your best friend and y- you can't tell them either. You think that they would at least bond over that, but no, it's more like, cause literally in chapter one, you don't see Toma, you think of Toma as just like this easygoing, very happy person. But when she brings it up to him saying like, you're the same as me, you're in love with your friend and he just loses it. And it's just like, damn. Yeah, did- and I, it's weird. Cause like part of me hated that dynamic at first because I was just like, you guys are so alone. Like, please lean on each other, be there for each other. Yeah. But I think Kaito or Kato, is it Kato or Kaito? I've heard Kaito. Kaido, okay. Kaido. Yeah, Kaido. Yeah, like one of the things that I really love that Kaido does with their relationship is you begin to understand that the reason they're angry at each other and they don't want to talk to each other mm-hmm. is because they see each other in each other and they yes. don't know how to deal with that because neither one of them is actually ready mm-hmm. to confront that part of themselves because even while Masumi like is very like where Toma has taken himself to be his friend and doesn't matter if he's necessarily I don't want to say absent from Tai Chi's life but like Mm -hmm. you know he's on the sidelines of Tai Chi's life Misumi Misumi because of the dynamic that female relationships friendships have she is very much invested in Futaba she's very much like I'm going to protect her I can't be with her but I will make sure any guy who is with her is perfect Mm -hmm. like she has a very different way of looking at it whereas Toma just kind of sits on the side Mm -hmm. and I think that both of them want what 
each other has in a way. Like I think Masumi wants the ability to detach from Futaba a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I think Toma wants the ability to assert himself in Taichi's life more than he does. Right. I agree. I think that is... And that's the that's the tough thing because Masumi does have the up like is able to like be closer. There's like parts where like when the four of them are hanging out, and I'm like, I see what you did there, Kaido. When you would like it's the fireworks festival, and like you know you have Futaba leaning on um, Masumi's shoulder as they look up at the fireworks, and it's like, yeah, no, I Toma wants to be able to have that closeness Mm -hmm. with what he he wants that closeness. Obviously, he wants for Taishi to want to be to, to be able to have that closeness with him and to have that same desire yeah. but it's also that forget the fact that they're best friends and, and like it's also the the challenge of like rejection yeah uh, like he knows that he or not knows he feels like he will be rejected so it's like you lo- it's your best friend for your entire childhood who's been there for you throughout all your trauma yeah and we didn't mention that because of course there's trauma in this series where it's a manga there has to be trauma it's a shonen eye romance manga (laughs) there has to be trauma but like Toma's parents died um when he was very young and it's like Taishi was there for him at a very young age and it's you can see where like when you when the series flashes back and like Toma basically has his when it's centered on him in some chapters and you see like oh he's always been in love with him this has never been just like something that he suddenly is like not sure of like no he's always been in love with him since they were little kids and it's just so sad the more you think about it because Toma is just like this big he's he's just a baby himbo he is he is is a baby himbo he is gigantic yeah he is like super strong and he just wants to be happy and love people Mm -hmm. and he just wants to be himself more than anything he wants freedom to be himself and i know we're bouncing all over the place but i think that like one of the most powerful things about this uh, about blue flag i think is for me at least and the reason i think that like you know, people, especially young people, um, like teens who are realizing that they're attracted to, you know, the same gender or something like that, is because um, Cato directly confronts that mm-hmm. and like how, as you grow, because like he was close with Toma physically when they were kids because Mm. it's okay for little boys to hold each other's hands or lean on each other or be closer and then as they got older it wasn't okay for that Mm -hmm. to happen so where Futaba like you said to lean on Masumi's shoulder that can't ever happen between Taichi and Toma because of how society is and because of how people deem those restrictions between guys whether it's platonic or or intimate and what I really like is it's so subtly shown but it's there it's it it is watching Toma navigate a world that tells him that he can't be who he is in so many different small ways Mm -hmm. and then like you said there there's this powerful scene with him and Taichi and Taichi's like I admire you because you're so put together and you're perfect and Toma just breaks because he's not 
Mm-hmm. Like he he is putting on a show for everybody because he's being what people want him to be. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be the star of the sports team. He's supposed to be, you know, the jock. He's supposed to be the lady killer. He's supposed to be getting good grades and being fine. And there's nothing to worry about when in reality he's fighting with himself. And I think that like, that is a trope that can come across like it's it's a common trope that we see in romance but the way that it's handled in blue flag is one that just feels real and like lived in like if you're ever somebody who's had to just put a smile on because you just need everybody else around you to Mm -hmm. get by like it's real and it cuts real deep it does because when he has moments where the mask or like the facade kind of falls down or slips down and it's usually when he's talking to Taishi um when he's just like I just there's like a moment where he's in his room and he's just like yeah no I just want to be free I want to be free to love who I want to love and it's like I almost want to scream at Taichi I'm like how can you not tell he's talking about you how how he's literally looking at you dead in the eye and you just don't get it and I also understand that obviously he doesn't get it because he only sees him as his best friend but anyways I know like you said we are kind of bouncing around everywhere but I mean this is also I feel like we're kind of touching on how good of a series Kaido has made yeah because it's worth noting there's so many good things to love about this series when it comes Mm -hmm. to like the characters the character development the art I love it I mean the art is gorgeous right so detailed especially because like he'll bounce um, not he'll sorry Kaito I don't is is just a pen name so I don't know if if they are a man or woman but Kaito so I'll refer to they they just do an awesome job of like bouncing between like comedic to then very serious yeah and passionate and like and I applaud them so much especially when there's like moments in certain chapters where like there is no dialogue but you know mm-hmm. how the series you know how the story is progressing through facial expressions yes I was so I was gonna bring up specifically the moment on the train so like yeah. we as a reader you know, as that omnipotent force that understands everything that has happened with these happening with these sweet baby boys, mm-hmm. um, we know that Toma is in love with Taichi. It's been revealed to us, and the two of them get on a packed train, and he tells Taichi to grab onto him to like hold himself so he doesn't fall, and it's this moment where it's like a full page. And there's no dialogue. It's just Toma reacting to Taichi physically holding on to his shirt. Like it is, it's adorable because one of the reasons I really like that that's done is because that's a trope that happens in in romance, in heterosexual romances, right? right? Like it, the girl has to hold on to the guy to make sure that she's not leaving. And it's something that we see as romantic and Toma understands as romantic but there's like this sadness to it too because Taichi doesn't see it that way he just sees it as him with his friend and Mm -hmm. it's the way that like there's a stress for me where I just want Toma to be happy and I just want them to be together and live a happy Mm -hmm. life but then there's also the understanding that Kaido was trying to not necessarily go for the idyllics, but really just go for what 
people are going through mm-hmm. what what those situations are actually like and I, I have to applaud them for that and especially the way that like the art does and I think Nisha you've mentioned before there's a splash page where Ugh. each of the characters is covering a different sense like hear no evil see no evil speak and it, it it correlates to what they're going through in the manga so good like so so good and it's like one of my favorite pages that I've that I've seen next to the first volume cover because you see the three of them standing and they're in the, they're in a triangle and you think that it's going to be from based off the cover that it's a love triangle between the two guys and the girl and they're pining for the girl but no because if you notice Toma's direction and where he's looking at he's looking at Taishi and he's only looking at Taishi. And that tells you everything about the series yep. on the front page. But like with that splash page with like that, I'm just like, oh, this is good. This is just, it's, and it's so simple. It's just so good and simple. And I think there's also like one of the other things that I really like too, um, the covers of the individual volumes, which, oh God, we haven't even said where you can buy it. So you can buy it from Viz. There are currently six volumes out now, and then the seventh is coming next month, I believe, in Mm -hmm. April. Um, There's one cover, I think it's, is it five? Is it five? As you check your library. Yeah, I'm looking. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, five. Um, It's in a classroom, and uh, Taichi is asleep on his desk. And Toma is sitting like in the chair with the chair like backwards and he's just looking at him and you can't really see their faces because they're in shadow, but it's, it's such a sweet like moment and like just summary of who they are. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where like the subtlety with which, but I don't think like any of this has to be subtle at all. That's not what I'm saying, but like the ability to convey emotion without any words, like you said, like that is something that is extremely powerful. Mm -hmm. And it also picks up on like those little things, like when you're crushing on someone, you look at them differently. You look at them instead of looking at the crowd, like those small things that really make this manga Mm -hmm. sing. Mm -hmm. Because he only sees him. Like, and it's sad because, okay, so we've talked about Toma a little bit, so we can kind of talk about Taishi. The way that Tai that Toma looks at Taishi is the way that I wish that Taishi looked at himself. And I yeah. say that because Taishi is just like, he he has a lot of self-hate and like loathing for himself where it's like, he's so, because ge- he looks at Toma and he's like, there's a lot of that he sees in Toma. And like you said, like he tells him to himself, to him that I, I wish I was put together like you. I wish I was easygoing like you. I wouldn't have to worry about this. And like girls would like me and this and that. Because, and again, all of that has stemmed from like different things. Like back in middle school, there was a girl. She became friends with Taishi and he liked her, but he learned that she did that because she wanted to get closer to Toma and that hurt him. And that's what, and like, that's what kind of, started the distance and their relationship as friends where it's like because of that he's like well people are just going to try to get close to me to get close to him um and he kind of kept him at a distance when he realized how popular Toma was but then there's also like even this whole situation with Futaba 
it's kind of, it, it brought up a lot of that for him all over again. And then on top of that, it's just like, he feels jealous of Toma. And it's like this thing of like, if you only knew how much this boy loves you. Yeah. And the fact that you look at him and you see jealousy and it's not like this, and he's not like this spiteful, hateful mm-hmm. jealousy it's this i wish i was as confident as this it's I like wish. it's a longing in a different way right like uh toma is longing for taichi to notice him in a romantic mm-hmm. way and taichi is longing to be toma like to mm-hmm. have his stature and his confidence and he doesn't realize that all of that's just a sham and right. that Toma is like just trying to get by and is hiding like the largest part of himself. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that I like about the series is like as it goes on, you see Taichi not necessarily begin to see himself that way, mm-hmm. but to understand that that's how other people see him. And you get to see these moments where Taichi just wants to do what makes Toma happy. Mm-hmm. And he he doesn't know that Toma likes him at this point, but he like Toma wants to hold his hand, so he holds his hand. Right. And he doesn't think twice about it. It's just what do I do to make Toma happy? Mm-hmm. And he's none the wiser, but it shows how like these feelings can build over time. And I also really like that, like among all of them, there isn't this question of like oh, you know, this queer character is going to force this straight character to go back for their team, which right. is a trope that I hate. Yeah. It's the way that it's written is very much like, no, these are teens whose sexualities are awakening and none of them really know what they want. Because even Putsaba right. doesn't know who she wants. Right. And in the end, and it's not like if she's debating be with Masumi or anything, but she's like, do I want Toma because of this? Do I want Taichi because of this? Oh, do I still only want Taichi because I want Toma? Like, mm-hmm. it just shows how children, mm-hmm. te- teens, have to find out who they are and who they're attracted to. Right. And it's very- Regardless powerful. of gender. Right, regardless of gender. And like, that's a, it's, it just tells a very powerful coming of age story that, you know- these characters feel real and they're just being allowed to explore their feelings and figure out things for themselves and like like we said Toma is dealing with the barriers that he has and not being able to be himself how he truly wants to be Taishi is truly trying to find his purpose and like what what fulfillment he has because I guess for the entirety of the series he's trying to figure out what do I want to do when I grow up like that's a constant question he's asking himself and then Futaba honestly I'm not gonna lie it took a few volumes for me to like her I still didn't like her I know she was annoying she was very annoying I was mad when she cut off her hair because on a whim Taishi said maybe if you cut all your hair off then he'll notice you and she did it. And homegirl said, hey, let's move on this shit. Looked like a hamster when she so came bad. to school the next day. It was just so terrible. So bad. Like you, she went too short. She did not have to go that short. Mm-mm. Oh, but you know, she's just very, you know, I don't know. But then when you learn about her eventually in her situation with her family, and again, she it's not, it's just that people be like, 
kind of rag on her. Yeah. But the way you you realize that what she thought she was attracted to Toma was that not that she was in love with him, but that she admired him. That's probably yeah. In, in, in like the same way that Tai Chi does, like mm-hmm. she, it's this weird thing where Toma, because like everybody sees Toma as like this bastion of self confidence, mm-hmm. but in reality he isn't. But Tai Chi wants it, and uh, hamster bitch. Sorry, Futaba. <laughs> Futaba. <laughs> we just said her name. We just said her name. Futaba. Uh, God, Futaba. Um, Futaba also wants that like she is this small girl that nobody takes into consideration and ignores and thinks that needs to be protected and she doesn't want that she wants it's really interesting because I don't remember exactly what she says but she like tells Toma like I wish I was big as you I wish I was Mm -hmm. like I wish I looked like you I wish I was I want to be right I want to be like you and it's such an interesting concept in that like sometimes you're attracted to people for things that you see in yourself and other times like I I don't know I feel like the big takeaway for me was just like people are drawn together because they know like you know that they can make you a better person sometimes Mm -hmm. and it's all a process of just figuring out who that is and like also realizing that like hey my hormones are raging and sometimes I've not, and I've never experienced love before. Am I mistaking this for another feeling? That's, um, that's honestly a great point. Before, like, cause these are all 17 and 18 year olds. Their hormones are absolutely raging. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, for context. They're, they're, they're in their third year of high school. So their last year, yeah. cause I think, cause Japan only goes three years. Mm-hmm. because when it starts it's like the beginning of their second year and then the summer then they go into their third year mm-hmm. yeah but I guess before we go any deeper because I think if we go into the side characters like Mas- Masumi because I did want to touch on her but then there's some things let's talk about Masumi we have to and there's but there's spoilers with her so sh- we should let people know now there are spoilers ahead we're sorry in advance, but we're not sorry because this is our show and we do what we want here. Um, <laughs> you said that so nicely. <laughs> that's years of customer service. <laughs> I know how to say a white lady voice and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, uh, um, let me. We're so sorry that we have to now go into spoilers, but you know, if this is our show and we do what we want. <laughs> so skip ahead or go read the manga. You can pick it up at Viz Media. Or through the Shonen Jump app. Yes, or there. That's right. They're available there too. And now this sounds like a sponsored okay, stop ad. Stop it, please. Stop <laughs> it. Is it freaking you out? I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I don't. My I feel like my podcasting voice is like my white lady voice, but then when I podcast with you, it's just like no, it's, it's all gone. It's gonna come out. Uh, what is it? Oh yeah, we have an ad to do because this mm-hmm. episode is sponsored by Yowie Crate. This episode is actually sponsored by Yowie Crate. Yeah, Kate, you actually have a Yowie Crate, right? I did. I got the first one that they've uh, that they've shipped out. Uh, and if you're not familiar with Yowie Crate, Yowie Crate is a subscription box that offers 100% officially licensed BL merch, manga, and doujin with four to six items per box and exclusives that you can only get from Yowie Crate. They're really fun. It, it, it's both adorable and sexy, which is kind of what you <laughs> want your Yowie to be half the time anyway. 
But yeah, so now that we are back and you guys have heard about the wonderful business that is Yowie Crate, let's go ahead and get into these spoilers. So, well, first off, let's talk about Masumi because hands, hands down next to Toma, my favorite character is really? Masumi. Yeah, after, after Toma, Masumi, and then it's mom, Mommy. Like, I, I, mommy is really good. Like, she's so like good. one of the, like, she doesn't have, where she shows up hits. It does, because, and how she shows up when she's first introduced, and then when she really shows yeah. up. Okay, Masumi first. Masumi yes, Masumi. First. Okay, so with Masumi, I would say she is like the, the she is, her and Tom are two sides of the same coin. She's athletic, she's tall. She's beautiful, and people look at her and they assume that she has everything together. Um, and that includes even dating and relationships. Yeah. So it's just, and, and I, I realize that's why I probably think she's one of my favorite characters because of how much she reminds me of Toma and how much they reflect one another. Yeah. But it's how we're introduced, Masumi going through her own stuff, and she doesn't have anyone to confide in. Like she's truly alone, just like Toma, but it just feels like at least Toma seems able to sometimes let down his mask around Taichi. Um, I think it's different because Taichi isn't talking about Futaba all the time. Whereas right. Futaba, Futaba is always fucking talking about Toma or Taichi. Like right. girl does not stop talking about boys. She doesn't. And that, you know, that's why she's, it takes a while to like her. Um, <laughs> she comes around eventually, y'all. I'm not saying I hate her, but Kate. It takes like a come to Jesus moment with Toma in a fucking garden for it to happen. But <laughs> you eventually get there. You do get there. I, I think I got there for her when she decided finally that like I could go to a college that doesn't have to, where my boyfriend doesn't have to go. No, it took, for, for me, it took that fucking garden scene at the I mean, end it, of the it goddamn took that garden, Yeah, <laughs> it did take that garden scene because that conversation had to be had. But back to Masumi. Um, yeah, she literally has no space to talk about her feelings, what she's going through with anyone who's her age. And you eventually see that it's wearing on her. And I, I when I first read the chapter where she finally is able to open up about what she's been feeling because for the longest in the series like she feels very much like a supporting character whereas the other three feel like main characters Masumi feels more support supportive but it's just random it felt very random of how like we finally get the chapter where she gets to talk about what she's dealing with and to our surprise it's Toma's sister-in-law who is the who is the person that is there to comfort and talk to her and reassure her of basically every that everything will be fine because deep down she's so worried like i i would say she's worried about how people will perceive her that is something while she also is very clear that she doesn't care what people think about her but deep down she does care like that is a fear of hers and it's just i don't know i don't know you talk you say something about her now cuz there's just so much about her <laughs> No, there's a lot about her. She is a character who she care like <laughs> it's reminds me how it would be about she carries that weight. 
Mm. She carries that weight and she doesn't want to distribute it. She doesn't want anybody else in on it. It is her pain. It is her, she has to deal with it. And she has a very unhealthy way of holding it all in. Yeah. And it's weird because Toma doesn't want Tai Chi to know because he doesn't want to lose Tai Chi. Mm -hmm. But Misumi doesn't want Futaba to know because she doesn't want to hurt her right and it's like this different weird thing where like Masumi is so focused on protecting the person that she cares about and keeping like Futaba almost in like this little cage mm-hmm. and that she just won't she doesn't deviate and she deals with it on her own like you said um but ultimately I really love the scenes with her and the sister-in-law or the sister mm-hmm. because you get to see her be a kid asking for advice. Yeah. Because out of everybody, she's the one who knows what she wants. She's really forceful. Mm-hmm. She's the mature one. But you don't, and, and everybody else kind of gets these moments of immaturity. Mm-hmm. Whereas that that scene is the first time you really get to see her kind of just be a kid. Yeah, I guess. Like she's and I actually, think that's why I like it. Mm-hmm. Oh no, same. Because it's like she actually has an an adult person who can tell her that everything will be fine. Yep. That you don't have to worry about what people other people will think of you or how they will perceive you. You are fine. You're not weird. Like she just she needed that reassurance. And the more I think about it, she needed that assurance from an adult. I think I think she needed that, especially from like a woman who was older and who has lived some life. Even though like I I feel bad I can't remember her name, but Toma's sister in law is only twenty six years old. Yeah, like they're not her, her and her and his brother are not that old. They're yeah. like ten years older or like a few years older than them. So it's just like they they haven't had that much life to live, but they still have, like, they're adults and they can at least provide some reassurance to her. And it's like, I'm glad you brought up the whole thing about, like, how Masumi does come off as the most mature one, where she's, like, she's the one who will say things that make the most sense and (laughs) will get right to the point. She's also the one who's, like, has the most experience with dating and romance. So it's, like, people assume that like even Taishi which I in the beginning I hate that he kind of has this presumptive attitude towards people yeah um but you know that he does that I think as a way to like put up barriers and like push people away keep people away but he has this presumptive attitude but he's just like and she and again this was one of the conversations where I'm like dude how can you not tell what she's saying because she basically says do you think um relationships between a girl and a girl are, are weird like she basically she said I'm paraphrasing but like she basically says she asked that and he's just like hmm what do you mean yeah. and it just goes over his head and I and I don't know as much as she oh sorry and the other thing I wanted to mention about that conversation that she has with Thomas' sister-in-law is that as much as that conversation was about her the conversation was also about Toma yep it was, it was 100% about Toma. It was, one, and I love Masumi about, because she was probably trying to test and see how his family would react if they found out that Toma is gay. Yeah. And it's just, it's very cleverly done. It's really well done. It's mm-hmm. really, really well done. Um, and it, it's also like really hard hitting 
because that same volume, I think it's the same volume, yeah, volume six, it, is. Mm-hmm. it, you have Toma be outed in like one of the most painful ways, which brings us to mommy. Yeah. Who I think I really understood. So it's weird. Like when I think about like characters, not necessarily that I identified with, but like I could really see myself, mm-hmm. I guess. It was mommy because so mommy is like the extra popular girl. Mm-hmm. She's the one all the guys want to date and she's having this on again, off again thing. But she just wants to be friends with people. She doesn't want to have the pressure of having to be intimate or have a relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, essentially they're having their cultural festival and mommy is in a room with Toma and mommy's entire thing for the cultural festival is putting makeup on people. Yeah. Um, and she puts makeup on Toma and they have this conversation where she essentially says like, sometimes I wish you were a girl or I was a guy because I could say, I love you. And it's just us being friends. And I'm just like, girl, I get that. I cannot like, as a girl who was only ever friends with dudes, Mm -hmm. that was the worst thing not actually like no matter and and this is something that is still true today like no matter how or I guess it's more it more true in high school whatever but like no matter how close you get to one of them Mm -hmm. it makes it hard because there's this distance where either they see you as somebody to be in a relationship with Mm -hmm. or everybody around you thinks so and it hard to maintain relationships either with girls or guys because Mm -hmm. they can't break that they can't get into the idea that like things would be platonic Mm -hmm. and I think that it's a really powerful scene it is really good one Mm -hmm. um no so no I think it is one of the great scenes I mean even in that I think even in that same chapter there's when she has the argument with um the guy who keeps pressuring her to date him Kenosuke or you know Kenosuke yeah I think I think it's Kenosuke um and it's and it's frustrating because she does have um she is able to they have we have a whole chapter dedicated to mommy which I love that we get and like kind of getting a flashback to her and when you realize like no she truly does just want to be friends because when you're introduced to her, people just think that she wants she is in love with Toma. And similar to what Kay had just said about teenagers and hormones and how we mistake our feelings for like love or lust, when maybe it's more like, hey, I actually admire you as a person and I want to be close to you as a friend. But people assumed that it was more so about her being in love with Toma. And it's but then you as the as it goes on even she realizes like no I don't want to be in a relationship with you I want to be close with you because I really like you as a person like as a human being and that's how she just wants to be seen sometimes before men look at her as a sexual object because she's the girl that gets bullied by other girls because she's friends with guys instead and and it's not like she doesn't want to be friends with girls because she is friends with girls it's just that some girls are jealous of her instead of like being okay with the fact that men and women can have platonic relationships. And I like what you said, because like, I do agree, like there's that stupid saying that people say about like, yeah, men and women can't be friends because somebody has probably already thought about the other one in a romantic or sexual way. And I'm like, don't like, you could, yes, we, the thought of like maybe 
like maybe being romantically attracted to someone can pop up with anyone yeah with literally any of my friends I could probably think like do I have romantic feelings for this person yes or no I don't know probably maybe no like those thoughts can come up naturally for anyone but it's really stupid to use that argument to say that men and women can't be friends because then you have issues where you know, somebody's partner does not want them to be mm-hmm. friends with the opposite sex because they feel threatened by that relationship. And like, I recognize that like now I'm like, I'm 29 years old. I mean, well, obviously we're both 29 years old. So we both have lived, we've lived long enough to have like friendships, but it's like, once like your guy friends get married and if you're not close with the wife, you're yeah. not going to be, cl- you're probably not going to have that closer relationship unless they are like, and I do have some relationships with my guy friends still, but like, obviously like there's a respectful boundary there yeah. where it's like, I'm not going to send you a text about a funny meme I saw at 10 a, at, you know, 2 a.m. because that's what we did in college. Like you have to respect the boundary. Well, and I also think like, I like to push back on like the boundary a little bit. I think it's like the boundary is also relative to your person. Cause like right. I have one really good guy friend and mm-hmm. Matt knows him. He knows Matt um and like I'll text him at like 1 a.m because I can't go to sleep and Matt's fucking snoring and Mm -hmm. I'm bored and it's but it's nothing and and a lot of that too like for me Mm -hmm. at least a lot of that just comes from like building up trust in the other person yes and like that happens like Matt and I have been together for seven years I'm not going anywhere like (laughs) right and he knows that and I know that and the other person knows that and Mm -hmm like we're friends and that's just what happens because everybody needs friends but I think when you're teenagers there's this inability to like understand like it's not about building trust and I wonder I'd I'd be interested to know if it's because like high school is a finite amount of time so why am I going to build up this trust with somebody or this kind of stuff when like we only have three years time or I may Mm -hmm. not see them on summer break or like all those things um but I do think it's handled really really well because like you Mm -hmm. either way like there are a hell a lot of people that I have met who were like oh you're friends with a guy or oh he's friends with a girl right it's stress and that's it because I will say like the guy friends that I do have and like there and like them being in relationships there has never been a concern about like them texting me or talking to me or like there and I know like you said it comes with trust and like I can't obviously and there's been examples where like in my life where like girlfriend like I have lost friendships because you're like my girlfriend doesn't want me talking to other girls yeah I'm like well I mean okay I guess there's seven years of our friendship gone bye I don't know what to do with that like like, thanks I mean I don't know how to reassure your girlfriend that there's nothing going on between us but as much as like like you said like if the other person and like your partner and like and everyone else is involved can at least accept the fact that like men and women can be friends it's possible yeah Yeah. and also like this like what and and I also always hate having those conversations because it like erases people who are bi people who are attracted to the same gender because when you say that everybody is just driven on like the sexual or romantic impulse it's like so mm-hmm. nobody can be friends right like, nobody can be friends with anyone ever right like- what is friendship <laughs> does friendship not exist anymore are we are not can I not have a relationship with 
anybody like at all because I mean like me being a straight woman I'm like yeah I don't understand why I can't have the same friendship that I have with like say Kate and then I can't have that with a man because you know society is automatically going to look at that and say like a man and a woman should not be that close unless they are having sex Mm -hmm. with one another and I'm just like but what no like no it it shouldn't just be a man and a woman can't be friends because sexual desire will come about well and I think that this all actually wraps up into one of the largest conversations of the series after Toma is outed um where the guy who outed him ends up saying some really homophobic shit yeah and like overall saying he can't be friends with him because he would want to be with him and it's one of those things and and i think one of the characters says it like why the fuck do you think somebody wants to be with you right like what is it about you that makes somebody want to have sex with you or be like why Mm -hmm. and that is the big thing like not everybody is attracted to everyone it's dumb um but i do think uh, to talk about it in detail, like the idea of attraction and sexuality. And it, it's something that even in that conversation, it's, a, it's an uncomfortable conversation to read because mm-hmm. um, it gets real hard and Tai Chi is there right. listening to the whole thing because Tai Chi's found out that Toma likes him mm-hmm. and it it's uncomfortable but also I knew guys who had conversations like it, it's oh yeah it's a conversation explain it. like it's real without being problematic if that makes sense yeah no that makes sense because I would say like reading the conversation that they're having just made me feel like this is a conversation I have heard from other guys like when it comes to them like when someone talked about oh if somebody was gay and this and that and it's just like I've always thought that was the weirdest thing though when they're like we can't be friends with him no anymore because he's going to want me I'm like he don't want you I know what makes you think he wants you right he doesn't want you like shoot mommy doesn't even want you what are you talking about I know just uh, and he's the worst and then the other guy he's kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit I so that was the only thing I hated I hated like that so I much. got it but I hated it right because he was doing it to try to make his points but at the same time I'm like I don't like this I don't because you know intolerance shouldn't be advocated in any way yes thanks. because there's a difference like because in in Kaido tries to do this thing where he with with the other guy as the devil's advocate mm-hmm. trying to be like you have to understand like to find you know what this person is and how it affects you because they're not who they said they were it's like no it's not that deep it's not that deep and it's because he's making it seem like Toma betrayed them yeah when it's like no he didn't tell you something because yeah he could tell that Toma was keeping something from them and if you're hurt because Toma didn't tell you about his deepest secret he didn't because y'all are acting this way right it's literally because y'all act like this why would he ever tell you because y'all are literally being homophobic or at least one of you's being homophobic one of you's being a jerk yeah. And I just, I don't know, the whole, that, I just, I didn't like that argument, not argument, that, I didn't like that part of the discussion, 
because you're yeah. right intolerance should not be justified or anything yeah. but I think that that just goes to show another example of how Kaido does this amazing job of capturing real life conversations that we know yeah. people have had and then translating it into the on the manga so it's very yeah. touching um, um I do want to talk about the outing scene though just because yes it's- it's fucking heartbreaking and then the forced not forced confession but it feels forced because it was rushed but yes let's get into that yeah so mommy does his makeup our boy looks cute he's so so adorable i love it so much um he gets his eyebrows filled he got lashes It's, it's so good he's he looks adorable and toma tells her like i can't love you because i've been in love with somebody like my entire life it's and right then like he he says we don't know because it doesn't say but he said tai chi and kanosuke heard it and fucking kanosuke's homophobic ass storms into the classroom and punches fucking toma which let's have to say why the fuck is it any of your business? And why did you feel the need to punch him? Yeah. Like that, I don't think we really get that addressed. And I don't know if it's because of Kenosuke being jealous of Toma, which we know he's jealous because mommy has had a crush on Toma, but it's just very frustrating that he decides that like, you said you're in love with a boy. I have to hit you now. What? what was yeah I understand like he's just this this example of like misogynistic and like homophobic well and it's weird uh. too because like I'm trying it's like the only equivalency I could think of not it's not even that equivalent but in Hori Mia when I don't know if you've watched it but Mm -hmm. uh the lead guy um Miyamura ends up getting into a physical fight with redheaded guy because they both like Hori. Right. And they duke it out and then they're fine after. This like isn't that like it's just like this visceral reaction. Mm-hmm. And everybody says that he's wrong when they have that conversation later. But you don't really understand. And I and I I wonder if Kaido did that to show that like he didn't really understand in a way mm-hmm. like it was it was just a reaction but it's awful and like from that point like rumors start to spread yeah and, and it's it's fucking hard it is hard because like the room the aftermath of it all is just like everyone is getting basically the baseball team finds out that Tom is, is in a fight so they rush over and then like it's like the moment that Taishi finds out that Toma's been in a fight. You, it's just like, the, it's just a lot of panels of faces. And then like, the faces like break my heart so much because it's just like his heart drops. But then he finds out why the fight happened. And then he has people just in his face asking him about it. And I'm just like, y'all are so like, let the boys be. But of course, it's high school. So people are going to ask him like, hey, so the fight, you know, what was that about? But I'm like, obviously, all of you have heard this rumor by now. And it's kind of like at the beginning of that chapter, um, 
Taishi is doing the is doing the narrating he's like I hate rumors and it, it's like I do want to point out like this goes back to like how powerful like uh Kaido's designs are too mm-hmm. it is just a solid white page and it's just I hate rumors and yes it's like, oh like this is like it is it sets minimal, the <laughs> but I'm like oh like this is it sets it it just like oh yeah. I know what this chapter is gonna be <laughs> but man it's so good and it's like so tragic and heartbreaking and then it's like Taishi goes through people like asking him him hearing things people being like well I think Futaba should dump should should move off the way so Taishi and Toma can be together I'm just like this isn't an anime you don't ship people in real life I mean obviously this is a manga and these are characters but it's like that weird stop thing. doing Fujoshi things and stop trying to make these two boys be together let them do this at their own pace right that's it because this is a friendship and it doesn't like this does not include any of you people with your outside opinion and it's like Futaba hears that Masumi hears that like so it's like they're all just hearing all these rumors and stuff about them and it gets it's just it's frustrating so then towards the end of that chapter that is when we toma is at least allowed to confess but man it hurts my heart so much it 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 really hurts my heart and it makes me sad and it's one of those things where like because Taichi doesn't have a negative response to it. And you right. kind of learn that, like, had they been given the time, had Toma been given the time, mm-hmm. something probably could have happened. And, like, what sucks is, like, after that, Toma is, like, so scarred by the whole situation. Yeah. He doesn't confess to Taichi to confess to him and get something going. He confesses to Tai Chi to, for him to be the one to say it. Yes. And get it out of the way. And then he fucking dips. And yep. then he just leaves yep. and starts working and doesn't go to school. And he just drops like, out of school. This, this poor baby boy is just like, I can't do this anymore. And in a way, there are elements where it's kind of like Toma's hand was forced. Yeah. And it's traumatic. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what it's like being outed like that in in one, a violent way. Yeah. And such a prominent way. Mm-hmm. And it 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 sucks to see. And like yeah. the rest of the series is just them trying to get back because Tai Chi realizes that he misses him, realizes mm-hmm. that like Toma was an important part of his life. Right. Because Tai, as much as Tai Chi is trying to figure out his own feelings, he at least is like, "I love Futaba, but I want I want Toma in my life." Because yeah. a lot of it is like Futaba's like worried about like if she's in between them getting together, and it's just like also some of this is just like they're friends first, and they're trying to figure like this, their friendship. Their friendship matters. Their friendship matters. Like people who are just talking about them getting together, like obviously I want them to get together, but it's also like. Taishi does not want to throw away his friendship with Toma if that meant because we he like you said he doesn't have a negative reaction to what Toma says we don't know how he reacted because like you said we just that ends he's like I love you and then that's the end of the volume and then he's gone and then you know it's just it's a lot so then 
what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, because what makes it so heartbreaking to me is because you know Toma never intended. He had came to terms with never confessing to Taishi. But you know what? If he had wanted to confess to him, that is not how he would want to wanted to have done it. And that hurts. Yeah. That makes me like want to fight everybody for him. Yeah. And it's also one of those things too. I think like it, it carries a different weight because it is a same-sex relationship and it's one of those mm-hmm. things where he's like my first love. I just have to be okay with not being with him. But yeah. I think that that's something that everybody can understand because I feel like most people have at least one person that they wanted to be with and they're just kind of like, well, I accept I can't be with you, but mm-hmm. I still just want you in my life. Let's just be friends. And you just keep those feelings bottled up. And right. To have that bottle just broken open in in a way like that, it it's just it, it, it's really traumatizing. It's and explosive, it like explosive. That's not a word. It's ex- yeah. It, it, you just exp- exposed him and all yeah. of his feelings and all. It's just it's mean, but yeah. Oh, I will say though, something good that does come after this event is the conversation that Toma and his brother have finally. Yeah. And I will say, I don't know. I will, I will let y'all read. I will let y'all read that because I, I like people to like go into that unless like you want to discuss it. But like, it's, it's, it's the conversation that I've wanted them to have <laughs> for this yeah. entire series. Um, but yeah, I guess we can start to wrap up. But oh, but do we want to uh, talk about the ending? So I will say we, we, so while we've talked about a lot of this, there, it's a seven, it's seven volumes, guys. Yeah. Like, go read it there's still more for you to read mm-hmm. um but that said i do want to talk about the very very ending so if you don't want to hear this fast forward but i do want to talk about it because it is the only problem the only problem i have i have with this manga <laughs> do you want to go first nisha oh no you you first <laughs> i'll keep going in this beautiful coming of age story about finding yourself, finding love, finding connection. They're fucking first. Toma and Taiichi don't kiss. They they dip from each other's lives for a long period of time before they come back together. Mm-hmm. And all you see is fucking Toma's hand. That's all you see. We you have don't to actually hope. see. Yeah, we have to hope it's Toma. Like, you don't, like, there's no, there's no beautiful ending. And I think I've also been spoiled because, like, I read it, or I read, like, um, like, there's a yaoi called, I forget. I forget what it's called. It's from Tokyo Pop. Uh, but it's like it's completely shown an eye for the entire thing like they kiss once but mm-hmm. there's like nothing else and kiss at the very end and then I get a bonus chapter where like they're intimate and you see that they're like starting their relationship joining together and all that stuff I'm spoiled by that mm. this doesn't have any of that we don't know it goes into their adult lives and we don't know. And to make matters worse, this, this title, I mean, and so I will say it is clearly a man's hand. So mm-hmm. you know that Taichi is with a man and everything points to Toma. And I think he has a ring. So you know that they're together together. Right. But Masami is 
with a dude at the end. And like, and so the thing is, is I wouldn't have like finding out your buy and that kind of stuff. Like that's important. Mm-hmm. But the my problem with this isn't necessarily that she's with a guy. It's that she's with a guy after not once telling us that she was interested in dudes, not once letting us know that like she was bi instead of you know just a lesbian and the reason that that hurts me is because it feels like masami's ending is her still putting on a fucking act yes like she didn't have to be with futaba obviously because futaba's straight Mm -hmm. but like masami deserved to have a moment where she could be who she was and forcing her to be with a dude like Dude, it makes me angry. The dude literally looks like the man version of Utaba. Yeah. And that's what I think I'm more irritated by is that like she just ends up with somebody who probably reminds her of Utaba and has similar qualities to them. Which I'm just like okay. Um but why? What like why make it some cuz is it was it only about her being in love with Utaba? Like, I, I think I could understand that. Like, was she only ever attracted to Futaba? Like, no other woman ever, it, like, because I will say when she's talking about, like, her sexuality and everything, she seems to only have eyes for Futaba. Like, it's nothing to do with other women. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think I like it as her just pining over Futaba yeah. all those years. I, I don't think- like that. And I also think it would be different too if we saw a payoff with Taichi and Toma because yeah. for me it feels like it feels like an editor came in and said you couldn't do the ending you wanted to do. Yes. That's what it feels like. It feels like the ending of like the Poison Ivy and Harley comic where like mm. they're both clearly in a relationship. We've it's it's been that for the whole like six issues and now you literally make them both straight. It what? Does. It what does. What are you doing? Why? Why did they mm-hmm. not kiss? What is happening? And yeah. that's what frustrates me. It or even like the fact that like the same frustration we have with Cherry Magic that they don't fucking kiss. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where it's like it just it feels like somebody in editing was like you can't show them together. Yeah. And I don't know if it was an age thing or whatever the hell, but I hate mm-hmm. it. Well, because like the other thing that I hate about what happens to Masumi's character is like we don't see, and I'm not saying she had to confess to Futaba or like that had that exchange that this, the thing that went down with Toma and Taishi did not have to happen with them. But I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong because it's been a while, but I feel like there's a moment where Masumi is worried that Futaba has figured out her feelings for her. Mm-hmm. And then it feels like that's just swept under the rug and ignored and it's not addressed at all. So it's kind of like, okay, so what just happened? Like, did they talk? Did And I think it's just because I don't have closure on Masumi's chapter. I don't have closure on 
what happened to her after high school like was she able to live the way that she wanted to live and be the person that she wanted to be and love who she wanted to love because yeah if she's bi that's a that that is one thing but if it's that she decided that she is going that that it's easier to live the life that others expect of her I don't there's just not a clear answer there yeah and it is one thing too it's like it like if we had gotten like another chapter of their adult lives, it would have like, I could have understood doing a chapter where like you see Tolma and Taichi together and they're living the life that they want to. And then like Mm -hmm. Masami has done, like she's, she hasn't been able to shake it and she is still stuck trying to perform for other people. And I think that Mm -hmm. like, those are both really real stories um and so I I feel like it's a beautiful series and it's probably one of my favorite series of all time but Mm -hmm. that ending like it just just doesn't feel enough it doesn't sit right it doesn't sit right with me either and I'm like it's hard to say after like seven volumes of a great story great character development like just just awesome story like again I, I I still encourage people to check it out but the ending feels like we, like you said, someone said, hey, you can't do this, but try to do this instead. I mean, like, I guess the person who has the most closure of the series that or confirmed closure is Futaba. Um, you at least get to, you learn that like what happened to her and Taishi's relationship and that they did continue to date but it's also, but I'm also like, okay, so yeah. y'all dated for three years. I'm like, cool, cool. Um, but I don't care about and, that. I don't care. When did you and Toma get together? When yeah. did you, when did when did Taishi realize that he had the same feelings for Toma? And was Toma waiting around all that time for Taishi? I'm just saying. I think I think there's a spinoff there. Was Toma yeah, waiting? I would take a Yaoi sequel to Blue Flag, please. Please, kind of. Just that is just because like because this entire thing, the like so. If you've read Yaoi, especially for like uh, friends to lovers or clo- or uh, old friends, it's this entire thing. You have a moment, they fall out, and then they get older, and they're working their salary jobs, mm-hmm. and they meet each other again, and it happens. I would pay any amount of money to get the lost chapters from the moment he breaks up with Futaba to the moment that we see where he grabs his hand in the fucking subway station. Because, like... I need to know. I need to know so badly because, you know, even a one shot, I'll take a one shot, please. I feel like I'm just begging on my knees right now to Kaido if you're listening or if someone at Jump can send a message to this person. I just want to know how did Taishi and Toma end up together? Because what was that conversation? Like what? did that were they still in contact? Like did they just like text each other every now and then like hey just checking in on you. Okay. And like that's it. And like that kept them going like tell me there has to be more there because like yes the way that things are resolved towards the end of the volume they their friendship is resolved but at the same time Taishi Toma just confessed to you yeah there's still some things I feel like you know I mean and yes I'm not saying that you can't go back to being friends but I also feel like the dynamic might be a little different yeah like what is it like I just want to know and we're never going to know are we 
As much as we, but we still love this thing. I mean, no, I still love it. I still think everybody should listen to it. Um, if you're <laughs> listening to this and you've read it already, please add us at dyhtrs for pod because I I need to hear your feelings. This is an amazing amazing manga i cried like mm-hmm. we there were like at least two other traumatic events that happened and i oh, yeah. cried during this book or during this series multiple times i was just literally waiting for you to message me i'm like oh she got to that part i'm like <laughs> i started reading it one night and i was like fuck it Misha said to read it and i stayed up till like 3 a.m reading the entire thing she did and then I was just like, well, <laughs> welcome. Yep. Welcome and to now, Blue Flagland. And now I'm buying all the physical volumes because it's just so good. It is so good. And I mean, like, as much as we just said we did not like some of the things that happened in the last val- in the like the last chapter, I still encourage people to read it because yeah. it is a very well done coming of age story that isn't some convoluted romance like you would Mm -hmm. see in some anime manga and I think it's refreshing in the sense of like me and you have talked about um like what is it Wotakoi and um Sweat and Soap like how it's refreshing to see romances done that way this is another one of those that I find like to be a very refreshing take on a coming of age romance and it's not some ridiculousness going on but (sighs) <sighs> yeah come yell about your feelings with us because me and Kate have literally yelled at all of ours about this manga yep um I guess any final thoughts Misha just give us the last chapter <laughs> give <laughs> give us the lost chapter please I just want to know how they got together what was the first date like who proposed to who oh my god who proposed <gasps> what is she proposed to him like what if it was like this long awkward thing because Toma just didn't know how to ask him because he was so traumatized about what happened before and then Taichi ended up being the one that proposed to him and they got couple rings and oh my god I am so sad I'm crying <laughs> it would be so good damn you Kate <laughs> we won't get to see how they moved in together <laughs> Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's such a good series, guys. It's so good. We're just going to go write fan fiction now, if that's okay. I know. Uh, so I need y'all to go read this. I need y'all to add us when you read it. I need y'all to at Viz, tell them that you read it, and also that you would also like the Lost Chapters. <laughs> um, Please. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, while Nisha dries her tears, you can find us at dyht underscore pod on twitter but most importantly if you want to hear us talk about sexy sexy smutty smutty manga head on over to patreon.com slash b-u-t-w-h-y-t-h-o for one dollar you get access to our patreon exclusive podcast where we talk all about smutty manga we've talked sweat and soap titan's bread anti-pt some weird ass naruto furry doujin that i made fun of Nisha for (laughs) (laughs) and a whole lot more uh at ten dollars you get access to their live video which is our uncut edition where we bulk record for about an hour to an hour and a half and we leave in all the bloopers and moments like the time that matt walked in while i was describing (laughs) tops and bottoms so uh yeah 
patreon.com slash pc and you can find me on twitter at omemethrandier and on instagram please follow me my goal is to get to 800 this year i'm trying really hard to build out a manga instagram it's not working but i'm trying nisha y'all should go follow her though i, I love all the dobby post um but yeah, y'all can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Nisha Plays. That's N-E-Y-S-H-A-P-L-A-Y-S. Um, I will eventually do some more cosplays. I keep saying I will. And if I keep see- speaking it out into the universe, it'll happen. But if y'all do have any suggestions for me to do any cosplays, hit me up with those. Um, but yeah, go yell at Viz and tell them that we need the last chapter of this series. And with that, will you guys weep? buckets of tears like me and Kate did reading Blue Flag. Who do y'all think proposed, Toma or Taishi? And will you go read some other Shonen I after this? Find out next time on Did You Have To? Bye! Did You Have To? is co-produced by Kate Sanchez and Lanisha Campbell. Our intro is done by Dr. Emery Stephen Daniel. And our outro and intro music is by Benjamin Tissot, a.k.a. Ben Sound.